Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Hey, we're back. Thank you for joining us on uh, week two of our three-part series on all the things that you wanted to know about HR. Not really, but uh, three basic scenarios. You know, how to have a work separation not negatively impact your program. So Kate is the expert, I think, or an expert anyway, in how to fire people guilt-free. I know for a lot of directors, firing somebody is really, really hard because we're people people. We want everybody to get along. We want things to go well. Or we're very concerned that, you know, if we fire somebody, then three families are going to leave. We talked about last time how three families leaving, if you've been working your waiting list, is only going to affect you for one month because <laughs> you can replace those three families. Ooh, there's a, there's another topic. Uh, there's another topic, waiting list. You always to write down topics. Okay. Um, I but do. Okay. I, I just, I really want people to focus on the fact that it's okay to fire people. And from a liability perspective, not firing them is much worse from a liability perspective than firing them. So one of the things that I want to start with, and I just want those directors listening to kind of think about, is the relationship that you have with your staff. So I have no problems with firing people from a guilt-free standpoint, and I never feel bad about it for two reasons. One, I 90% of the time am not emotionally invested in my staff as far as I don't do things with them outside of work. So... That is something that you personally need to decide. So I don't, um, I don't follow them on social media. I don't know what they do on the weekends. I don't ask what they're doing on the weekends. Um, even if their kids have been part of the program or their kids know my kids, I try really hard to not know what they're doing personally. Um, this helps for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I did some social media really early on with some of my staff. And I then started to find out what they did on the night before coming to work or maybe what they were doing and maybe the reason they called in sick. And so that was very hard for me. It's hard to have a positive relationship when you know they're lying to you. I mean, it's just... Absolutely. We need to, you know, have that veil of mystery. (laughs) (laughs) So, So as a director and an owner and a manager... I never wanted to know my, 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 my employees as a peer. So now this may not work if you were promoted from within. And so if you had been a classroom teacher and then an assistant director, now you're a director and you've got relationships with everybody, which is an asset for you, then, you know, I'll try to touch on and hopefully be able to help you with that. But one thing you always, always have to remember is you are doing your job for the best interest of the program, the children and the families. And sometimes this means the bottom line. You need to be able to do things that make the most sense and financially. And sometimes that means moving somebody from full-time to part-time, you know, Absolutely. you got to do what you got to do. Letting Absolutely. people go home on a day when your numbers are low because you got a stomach bug. It's important because someday you're going to want to build a new playground. 
Yeah, and you can't, you and if you know too much about what's going on in their life, then you may not make those choices. Um, if you make those choices and they come to you and ask to work that extra hour, tell you that they cannot, then that's a different scenario. So that gives you an opportunity as a director to be perceived as human. Wait. And help just them come up with as ways being human? Can... Don't we actually want to be human? <laughs> I thought that was a thing. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, maybe that you have a heart. Um, so you want to make sure that you aren't creating scenarios for them. So in other words, if you're going to have to send somebody home early, rotate who you send home early, regardless. Um, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know, I just can't be sent home early, try to find a use for them that would save you time or another staff person time you still have to be able to figure out and make sure that and that's And if you don't have expect. ideas for that, go back and listen to our staff at home episode. It has lots of ideas of things your staff could be doing if they're not in the classroom. Absolutely. So um, if you have a, a blank relationship, so I'm not saying that you have a bad relationship with your staff. Um, you can still have a really great professional relationship with your staff without knowing what they're doing personally. And part of the reason I do this is because I have found that even me, um, you know, that getting to know what's going on in their personal lives does very much cause a bias in the way I treat them at work. So if I know because of things outside of them coming to me in a professional professional manner that they've had car problems or that somebody has lost a job so they've had either increase in expenses or decrease in income. Now, if I know that because my employee has thought enough of me to come to me in a closed door setting to discuss this, that is a very different scenario than what I have found out from the gossip mill, from social media, right. from friends it's, of friends. It's that difference between you knowing it because it's in the air you swim in and you knowing it because they came and told you. Guessing versus being told. Don't make decisions based on what you're guessing the situation is because of what you're hearing in the air. That's not respectful. That right. is incredibly paternalistic. It's rude. It's demeaning. Just because you think they can't handle it is, it, it's also, yeah, biased. It's, um, what's the other word that people get sued about? Well, what, it's what's not the your thing monkey. that people get sued about? <laughs> discrimination. <laughs> it's discrimination. That you don't send somebody home it's, because you know they're a single mom is discriminating against the non-single moms. Or that you only send, yeah, or you only send the college student home. So, so keep this in mind. One, this is not your monkey. So if they need more money, they need more hours. They don't need their hours cut. This may not be the right job for them. So keep that in mind. Um, you can always provide your staff with tools that will help them. Offer free evening financial budgeting seminars. Um, do things that can help your staff learn how to cook on a budget, create a budget, live on a budget. You could be doing this for everybody, even if it's only because you know you have one or two staff that are barely making paycheck to paycheck 
or they're having to ask for cash advances on their paycheck. So first of all, don't ever, 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 ever give a cash advance on a paycheck. I'm just telling you, they can get a second job. You know, if you want to hire them separately. Be your yard man. You know, clean the center. Be your yard man. Yeah. Yard man, deep clean, that kind of stuff and pay them cash for that job that's outside of their day job. I can help you come up with strategies to help somebody. But don't ever, ever, ever do a cash advance. Because once you do that, for one employee, uh, you become a a cash roll, a a cash payroll advance service. And unless you're going to make this as a moneymaker and you're doing some crazy 30% interest. There are places where that can happen. And, you know, I'm sorry, but if you work for IBM, which is a professional company, and you are having a hard time, you can't go to your boss at IBM and ask for a payroll advance of one week's pay. You can't do it. You can't do that at a school You're trying to teach them that they're professionals. And as professionals, they need to handle their business. It's not your monkey. You're their boss, not their loan shark. Absolutely. I like loan shark. I'm going to have to remember that one. Okay, so it's not your monkey. You're not their loan shark. You have a professional relationship with them. You're not their friend. So let's talk about when are going to be times that you're going to need to fire them. So we talked about... Uh, perhaps they're not the right fit with your program. And so somebody who is constantly thinking or talking about other stuff um, while at work might be a red flag. So if they are always talking about somebody else's job, what they wish they were doing, they aren't at their job, doing their job. This and may you're not usually going to know that within the first month. If you are working with somebody and in the first Absolutely. month you're like, ooh, they're not a fit, fire them then. Don't wait six months to fire oh, yeah. somebody who's not a fit. Oh, yeah. So we can we can actually absolutely talk the 90 day. So I'm talking about even past the 90 days. So within the first 90 days, I do try to explain to everybody that their first 90 days when I hire them is absolutely probational. Um, you know, if it doesn't work for all of us, we're going to know that pretty upfront, and that requires you as the hiring manager to observe them regularly and to have regular and with conversations their coworkers. With them. So let's and talk with their about coworkers. But let's talk about yeah, let's talk about that person who you aren't think fits. They seem to have some weird work ethic and behavior, but how many other jobs have they had? So you need to think this through. Uh, and what does your um, onboarding process look like? So were they hired really, really quick and quickly shoved into a classroom? Or did you take the time, minimum 40 hours, but maybe even more, to introduce them and train them into your program and then spend time with them over the following two months to make sure that they were properly trained. So if you didn't do that, you may have to go back and reflect and say, is this person been trained? But if this is their first job, there's going to be a lot of behaviors that you may not have thought. Well, even if it's their second or third, they're earlier boss may not have explained that if you have a 730 shift, then that means you're in the classroom at 730. You're not driving into the parking lot at 730. And they may not, they may just not know how to be a good employee. Absolutely. So um, I would say that there's a couple of different reasons that people fire. There is, you have done something blatantly just unsafe for yourself, a child or staff member in the program. That's kind of like the no brainer firing. Those are the people that people get fired that everybody, your brother, your mother, everybody goes, yep, you needed to fire them. Yep, you needed to fire them. Like there was no question. 
So those should be easy for you. Okay, so if they've done a safety, some, something they did left somebody in danger, like I said, that, that's kind of a no-brainer. They should be fired. Uh, and it's a lot easier to do if you don't have a relationship with them, um, a friendship with them, um, as far as, you know, if you know that firing them is going to put a... a do harm on their family because you know that they're paycheck to paycheck and both parents work. That's that's not your monkey. Your monkey is and that person. You should, should not be probably in have in your handbook a list of things that are reasons for immediate termination. Uh, in Texas, you can't smoke on the property at all, not just in the building. You can't be on the property. So if they're taking their bathroom breaks to go outside and light a Marlboro up, you know, underneath the awning because it's raining, uh, that could be reason for immediate termination because that's a significant violation of minimum standards. So it can... Or even more... Or jumping in their car to get... And, and doing their e-cig. It's the same thing. So... Um, understand that an e-cig in your car is the same as a traditional cigarette under the awning. So, okay. So there are the immediate, you know, bringing a gun on the, on the, uh, in the building, uh, on the property, uh, theft, uh, you know, so, so you've got theft and safety. Okay. So those seem to be pretty, you know, uh, no questions asked. Um, but the problem where I usually run into directors that I have to help them through is that staff person, she's been around, you've had her on staff for a couple of years, sometimes she's a really good employee, sometimes, you know, she's quick to, to ask to go home, she seems to not really want to be there. And so this is also the same person who is the prime candidate for Carrie, so um, but I'm going to talk to you about how letting them go is absolutely something you need to do and what that process looks like. So anytime you're going to be letting somebody go, if you have had them for at least three months, you need to have done some sort of evaluation and review. And those can be continue every six months or once a year. Um, do yourself uh, the, the favor from a, a TWC standpoint, keep all records. Um, related to anything that is a conversation or a written write-up related to, uh, and it can be work ethic. It can be like what Carrie talked about, that person who's supposed to be there at 7.30, and 7.30 is when they pull in, and then they got to put their purse up and go to the bathroom and check their hair and check their phone. And so they're not in the classroom watching children until 8 o'clock. So although your numbers, you know, they're, they're there as far as, um, you know, minimum standards, they're there on time, but they aren't really there when you ask them to be. Or the one that I always find really interesting is the staff who sit around and chit chat for 30 minutes to an hour instead of clocking out. So to me, that is a theft, but you know, not everybody views it that way. And a lot of it, staff don't. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. <laughs> so, so look at um, some of the basics. So as you're covering, as you're writing things down and you're looking at these behaviors, make sure that you have made it clear from the beginning what your expectations are. And so when I do an employee orientation and I talk to them about their shifts and when they're expected to be at work and what that means, I am very clear on everything from what time and what on time means to what they need to be wearing. <laughs> Uh, when they do lunch, how they do lunch, social media, I go through the employee handbook. But if there are pet peeves for me as an employer, I spend probably more well, time on what those about, pet peeves. What about the people who they're in the classroom on time 
and they leave on time but when they're in the classroom they're sitting in a chair the whole time and then like if a child is misbehaving they call the child over to them they basically sit on their tushy the entire day yeah so that is that comes back to a couple of things how long have they been working for you and have you addressed this in a caught in the act scenario so have you had conversations with them um are they are they are they in pain are they injured um, do they have some sort of physical limitation? Um, if so, how do you work with that? So is it a, a physical disability that causes them to really not be able to be in the classroom? Or are they just, you know, lazy, like they just don't want to do the work? And this is where you as a director have to start to figure that out. So if you have a staff employee who you have counseled verbally and writing, you've modeled, you've demonstrated, and they still want to sit in the chair all day, then it's time to let them go. I don't care if you think that they're nice people. I don't care if all of the parents love them. I don't care if the kids like them. Um, if they are not doing what you expect them to do in the classroom, you need to let them go. Now, sometimes I have directors who go, but then I have to hire somebody else. Like they'd rather have a bad employee than go through the whole process of hiring somebody else. So one thing to do, Carrie talked about wait list and she'll talk about wait lists, I'm sure other times, but having a wait list, even from an employee standpoint or a substitute list is also a great thing to have so that when this scenario comes up, you've already met yes, some I folks. I agree with that, but I want to circle back because from a liability standpoint, from a legal liability standpoint, taking that extra six weeks to fire them from the time they did the stupid thing or from the time that you decided they had have to go, that means it's very hard to prove from an unemployment standpoint or any other legal standpoint that that is what made you decide to fire them. If it takes you six weeks to actually fire them from when you decided to fire them. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you've done, if you've gone through the process, you've counseled them verbally and you notice a week later they're still doing it and now you do it in writing, you even model or retrain. Um, you know, you sh from the time you see a behavior to the time you have let them go, Three weeks is plenty of time. I'm not talking about three months. I'm not talking about reviewing them every 90 days. You'll know if somebody's behavior is changing and whether it's changing for real. If, if you notice that in, in, in one week, they're back sitting in the chair, this is not the right job for them. You should not feel guilty about letting them go. They don't want to be there, okay? So you want the staff who want to be there. If you have somebody who's eager to be there, figure out what you need to do. Maybe they're with the wrong age group, okay? You put me in a classroom with twos, there's a good chance I won't come back after lunch. Uh, but they're you know, so, so cute! You know, I don't care. Yeah, no. Um, okay, so, um, you know, everybody's going to have their age group that they like. And not everybody is going to be aware that there, there are age groups that just they don't tolerate. So when you're having those conversations with your staff before, during pre-counseling, part of counseling, ask them why they work there. Ask them if they like their job. Ask them if they have any hobbies and maybe there's a way to incorporate their hobby with their work. So maybe they just find it boring and they want to do something more active or maybe their kids are all grown up now and even though they thought they wanted the infants, you know, the infants just do something, don't do anything and they want kids that'll talk back to them. Um, these are Wait, questions to ask Kids will talk back to them so they want middle schoolers? <laughs> <laughs> kids that will respond with words, you know, so... Um, you know, there are going to be some staff who infants are just not 
the age for them. Um, I often find it's amazing to me how many people I've hired for two-year-old classrooms who go to lunch and never come back. Um, so I get really excited when somebody makes it a full day. And so, um, but I have found that finding why they're at that job, are they at that job just because of money? Um, are they at that job because they love kids? You know, why are they there? And um, make sure that you have, um, just so that your unemployment stays friendly, make sure that you do all the documentation. But that documentation should not be taking you six weeks. Um, it should be fairly quick. If it's a hire immediately, you need to fire fire immediately. You need to make sure you're firing immediately. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so, so, and so, if you have other questions related to firing, or you have a scenario that you're not really sure what to do with, feel free to shoot us an email. Let us know what you think. Um, I'm really not as cold as I might sound, but you will find as a director that over time, it's easier to start with that wall um, as far as the relationships with your staff instead of trying to figure out how to get through it later. To remember all the way through this, that they are adults. And if you're going through the progressive discipline, they are making the choice to not change. This is not all on you. It is their choice to not take the feedback that you're giving them. You didn't decide to fire them. They decided not to change. That is an awesome point. So, um, you know, and we can always, like I said, we can help you through this if you need to. Um, one thing you might really think about as a director when you start getting into having to hire and fire staff is who do you share that that issue with? So make sure you're not sharing it with your subordinates and be careful about sharing it with your significant others. Absolutely. So anyway, so we will be back uh, next week and we are going to talk a lot, maybe not a lot, but Carrie's going to tell you her tips on how to help people realize that this is not the right career path for them. And that it is time and for them to And that quit. might mean that you have to help pack their bags, but it's worth it. Um, it's great for staff morale when you can get them to quit instead of you having to fire them. But if you have to fire them, remember, not your monkey, not your monkey. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing, programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young, with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show. <laughs>